Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's time to go too wide. That's right. It's Brandon here along with the cue ball, the dirt, the man, the myth, the legend, Donnie. How's it going tonight, man? Interesting and and insane as about the easiest way I can describe my evening so far. Well, you can't give us a cliffhanger like that and leave us hanging. What's what? Uh, so I, I do rideshare, and I've gotten the opportunity to meet some really fun and interesting people, and I've got to meet some people who just, I mean, everybody's entitled to their beliefs, but some people just take it to the extreme of thinking that, uh, you know, there's giant lasers in space have the capability of burning down your house, but they don't because they don't have the right size capacitors in them anymore. I'm one of those people that believe that if you're going to do a ride share, there should be certain rules that are applied. Like, you know, obviously you have common courtesy for your driver, but like, it's kind of like that old rule of religion and the P word, you know, you just kind of don't bring it up. I mean, if you have what, you know, most people would consider a crazy idea, you might just want to leave it to yourself. This is the person you're entrusting with your safety to get you from point A to point B. So, you know, that's just kind of how I look at it. And, you know, you've known me long enough. I'm okay with everybody having difference of opinions. I always have. I mean, I'm a NASCAR fan. You want to talk about difference of opinions and stuff, look at the rivalry of of not drivers, fans of the driver. I think they're more brutal than the drivers are to each other sometimes. And it's okay to have a difference of opinion. But when you... Like when you start saying stuff that just there's no, no, you're not having an educated opinion on something. It's okay to have an opinion on something. It's not okay to have an uneducated opinion on it. Everybody wants to be quote educated, but facts and and, and logic and, and science come into play and physics come into play. And there's some things that just crack me up of like, how is that possible? Because I'd like to see the technology with that because I know electronics. That's what I went to college for. And Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's been like that today. <laughs> I'm just trying well, to. How are get, you? Well, right now I'm trying to get this mental image of you in college, you know, straightened out in my head. You know, I would have been like back in the, you know, 90s or so, you know, early well, late nineties, like early two thousands. So, like, did you have a oh, mullet? No, it was early two or... thousands. I graduated yeah. high school in two thousand. So, what would you have like a mullet going on, or did you have like the the raghead type thing happening? Or uh, in college, I was bald and had oh. short hair. I've been, yeah, I've been uh, pretty much bald for oh god, early twenties. Well, try to grow some hair yeah. back. It just doesn't work anymore. I just gave up. So. I'm yeah, working just... on it. I'm working <laughs> on it. This is not a fade on the top of my head. It's my hair running away from my face. <laughs> yeah, my my the hair on my head doesn't grow real great. The hair on my face, on the other hand, that's why I have a big beard. So as far as how I'm doing, man, I, I, I'll tell you what. I'm tired, man. Work's, work's been busy. Uh, people like to get car accidents. They like to have home issues right now and um, makes things very, very busy. And um, taking a lot of phone calls and working a little overtime tomorrow. And uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, um, 
got some other stuff in the pipeline. It's been real difficult to try and get things set up for the podcast. And, you know, apologize to the people that um, listened to us. Luckily, we were able to get some episodes scheduled out. So last week, um, you would have had some content that just dropped. This episode that we're doing right now, which is a special edition episode, it's solely going to be on the Rolex. This was supposed to air, this was supposed to come out Sunday night. And we are recording this as of Saturday night, you know, the all the way into that week. So um, it's, it's just been a rough, rough time at the moment. But, uh, you know, healthy, uh, you know, no, no COVID tests that I've had to go through or anything like that. So can't complain too much. No, I think it's both of us have been that right now with just life and in general for stuff. And uh, as for you being busy at work, because you work in the ins- you know auto and, and home insurance thing, I get it, man. Driving, you know, driving rideshare part time for, for stuff. The And just driving on a regular, like I work in an auto parts store, just driving to work every day. I have people pull out in front of me all the time. I'm so glad I drive overly defensive and overly alert because people just drive like assholes. And speaking of driving like assholes, let's talk about the Rolex 24. <laughs> Perfect segue. I so, like that. So with the whole work thing, uh, it was on Sunday last week and I had to work. We had got what's called a phone blast where we get called if we're, you know, not in the office and uh, we all work from home at this point. So they ask us to come in and, you know, take a little bit of time. And, you know, I literally said to you that um, I'm going to miss it because the first part of this, I uh, I was going to be at work when it went green on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Correct myself. I was on my normal shift when it went green on Saturday, which was on NBC. And back here, I don't have normal, you know, standard, you know, channels. So I was like, well, I'll wait till it hits six o'clock, switch over to NBCSN. And then it got busy at work. So that didn't even happen. Like never got a chance to boot the home computer up. Never got a chance to watch it in between calls. Missed that whole segment. Um, But I, I did see, I didn't even see what happened, but I seen a photo of, what was it? The LMP2 cars. Everybody's just, all over the place uh, on the front stretch. And I'm like, what the hell happened here? And, and so I don't know if you saw the starter, if you can clue me in on what happened, but I just, I uh, could so not figure it out. Basically when they did the start for it and then the re- they had a restart um, from a caution, people just driving like assholes. Um, people just getting a little too eager, uh, and in the, the restart, which I mean, we we've seen that in, in NASCAR more times than I'll ever be able to count to. Where you know it's you can't restart until the guy, the first guy, restarts. You're not allowed to. But if he misses a shift or something, you know you you got to take your time still until he takes off until it's after the restart zone. I don't know if there's a restart zone set up for the Rolex. I'm not sure of how that works, but I know when they go back to green, when they come to the um, the start finish line, they're still all supposed to take off. And it's like, I don't know if somebody missed a gear, somebody didn't get enough acceleration or what happened, but somebody didn't go and it just piled everybody up. And then you just had a bunch of pissed off people afterwards because 
they just wanted to race. It, it was, I, I didn't quite catch all of it from what happened with it, but yeah, it was just a bunch of people driving like assholes. So that's the most amazing part to me. You know, they, these guys go down there just like, just like the stock car guys do. They work on these cars. They have a 24 hour race. I mean, that's, you know, it's a long, long time. Just like, you know, the Coke 600 is an extremely long race. It's like mm-hmm. four, four and a half, five hours long. Um, and it's like I, I said to you at the because you had messaged me at the very beginning. I don't know what's happening to Jimmy Johnson. It's a, a terrible start. And what was my response to you? I said it's a, it's long, a race. long race. There's a lot that can happen. I wasn't even worried about it. Like didn't worry if he went a lap down. Nothing. I was like, it'll be fine. And uh, you know. Um, Chase Elliott's team shit the bed. You know, I mean, I know that Chase overall wasn't very happy with his performance, but here's my thing. As far as I know, he didn't have any off-track excursions, um, and he didn't put the car in the wall, and it's his first time ever running the 24. And, I mean, that's that's a pretty huge accomplishment. Mechanical failures happen, and they happen a lot. I mean, so... Don't be too hard on, on it. I hope he's not too hard on himself. I'd really like to see him come back and get another shot at it now that he's been in a car. And, mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff Gordon didn't win it until his last time doing it, and he hit the pit wall one time coming out <laughs> of pit road. I forgot about that. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> the last time he was in running for uh, the Taylor, for Taylor Racing, he said that was the one thing he didn't want to do was hit the wall coming out on cold tires yeah he and you're absolutely right like the with chase's elliott's team uh it was a transmission failure and uh i remember that like they had the in-car camera and you could hear it It was just it was revving it would you know it would actually you know hit the limiter on on the motor and you could hear the motor kick in and it just wouldn't go they only had uh like two gears left when they got it in and had to swap the transmission out for it. What was crazy was they only went a couple laps down and swapping out a whole transmission out of that car. Yeah. And that just, the, the engineering on those is just, is really cool. So what I, what I thought was really neat. And I think this year I watched it a little bit more just because I had free time. Like I wish I would have watched as much of it the year that Gordon ran. Um, but, uh, the pit stops are so much slower when they mm-hmm. when they do pit stops here, even compared to IndyCar or you know Formula One. All of those are real quick. You know, they they're there and they're gone. These guys are like 40, 50 seconds on pit road, and the guys have time to really kind of tell you a story as far as what's going on. You know, we're used to you know reporters sounding like you know auctioneers as they're trying to just get you a little blurp in 13 seconds. Um, Parker Kligerman did an outstanding job as a sports car reporter. He's just, him and AJ both are phenomenal, but Parker Kligerman, man, he just absolutely phenomenal. Parker Kligerman found some success in the truck series. I truly deeply believe Parker Kligerman found his calling in broadcasting because he as for like a because they usually throw him in the pits and he that's a great guy for it 
Uh, I mean, he can do it. And I, I totally agree with you. Like watching the Daytona 24, the Rolex 24 with the pit stops, it takes forever to refuel those cars. Yeah. And, and the way they work on the stuff compared to what we, you and I are used to where, you know, 13 seconds, that's a long pit stop for a lot of times. Like there's guys still getting them down. They're getting it so far refined. Even with the new pit guns they in place a few years ago, they're down to 11.9. I don't think it's going to, I mean, you're going to see some fast stops coming up, you know, with, with the new single lug nut, but I think that's going to be a little more difficult than what people think. Um, you know, there, I mean, if you mess up, if that wheel's not tight, I've seen it in IndyCar. I know what happens. Um, you know, the wheel will come off, you know, there's, oh, yeah. there's no, you know, um, there's no safety net at that point. And, um, you know, guys are going to try and push the limit, but um, I don't want to get too far back in the NASCAR side of things just yet for this this episode. But I, you know, I think to me, I really enjoyed it. I like watching it when the track's all dark because they only run half the outside lights that we're used to, and they run a lot of the infield lights, so it's a the tracks illuminated differently, and because. Um, a lot of the cars have headlights and everything, but it is really interesting to me to watch all those different disciplines run that track at night with really very limited lighting. The thing that I enjoyed too was there was a couple guys that were doing double duty. That part I thought was really interesting where you're running two different styles of a race car because there, there's four different race cars on the track, four different styles of cars on the track at the same time. And with doing so, it makes it, you know, one guy trying to jump from one to another, they do, I mean, you just watch how they drive, like physically watch how they drive uh, and how they ride that track. They all ride different. All four of them are a totally different style of racing. And to be able to switch back and forth and be successful at it, it was pretty cool. And then the passing, especially because of how those cars are set up, all four of them, when you can pass in the turns like that, and go be able to go out around or get underneath somebody instead of like a big heavy stock car where you can maneuver much quicker with a sports car like that. It's really cool to watch some of the passing that that's done. Yeah. And now like granted the pass still has to be set up maybe two, three turns behind, but in, in stock car racing, I believe that it's a lot less unforgiving in a stock car and those passes really have to be planned. But I believe that's why guys like your Parker Kligermans, your AJ Allmendingers, the guys that are able to run multiple disciplines like that are able to get in them stock cars and literally wipe the floor with some of these guys. Like, to, to me, in my opinion, it, you know, I think I'll say it now, but we'll come back to this. He may not have the stats to show for it, but had A.J. Allmendinger had some races go more his way luck-wise, he would have been in the conversation with your Jeff Gordons and your Mark Martins. And those oh, definitely. Um, because he literally, he was the guy to beat, um, you know, the last couple of years that he was in, in the Cup Series. And that was with an underfunded team. So, oh, definitely. Um, but but massive, massive respect to the guys that were out there running. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger, Parker Kligerman, basically taking time that they could have been resting. They were going out there and doing stuff for NBC. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr., that guy could announce 
tractors go at, at your local county fair, and it would be entertaining. He is just a giant fan of motorsports. There, there's no yeah. other way to put it. He just he loves he he loves competition. He loves racing of any type, and he. I love the idea that he has such a passion for it that when you listen to him, he gives you an announcer's an announcer's style with from the viewpoint of a fan. Exactly. He's just an emotional guy with what he says and does, and he he really does love motorsports. I think that's why people enjoy watching him so much on there. And that's that's exactly what I do here on the podcast. It's what I strive to do for all of our listeners is I drive the boat, but I drive it as a fan. I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day and, um, you know, to, to wrap it up here, like I watched the final, I was trying to watch the final 20 minutes and we got the phone blast to go into work and I messaged you and I'm like, damn it, can't watch the final few minutes, you know. But I did be able to see enough to watch the Chip Ganassi car, which I think could have taken Taylor Racing over. I think they definitely were faster Um, at that particular point. uh, The tire went down, which they had an issue with the tire earlier in the race. And um, just goes to show for all the technology that's in those cars with the sensors on the tires and that technology can fail you. You have to you have to let the driver still basically make the call. And the driver knew something was wrong because he asked. And sure enough, that tire was gone. And that's when I knew that um, the race was pretty much over within the prototype at that point. Oh, yeah. It, it was heartbreaking, too, because they were doing so great. And they it was just it was a great competition between Wayne Wayne Taylor Racing and Chip Ganassi and watching them battle. And then the tire thing happened and it was like, like don't get me wrong, I love Jordan Taylor. I'm I've been follow I love him on social media. He's a great guy to follow. If you're not following Jordan Taylor, why aren't you following Jordan Taylor? And his alter ego Rodney Sandstorm was even better. But anyway, he um I'm happy for them, but at the same time, you you suffer that heartache and tragedy for Chip Ganassi of kicking ass so much throughout that race and battling as the way they did, and then have a tire go down the last minute. And we see that all the time in just about every form of racing when, you know, it does, you got to have luck on your side if you're going to be successful for for being racing. You can't just not have any luck because then you you ain't going to make it. Well, and, and, you know, honorable mention here does need to go to uh, Jimmy Johnson and his crew with um, 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 a couple guys from Indy, and I feel horrible because I cannot remember his name. Um, um, Simon Pagino um, was on that yes. team. Um, the, the guy that ran the last stint was just – he was a man on fire. Like, anytime he got in that car – it was, hey, that's all right. You know, I'll make up the time. You know, uh, it, it, one thing that uh, Dale Jr. said is, you know, it's been close to 20 years since he's run anything at Daytona for endurance. And even in the class that he would have been in, which was the Corvette class, they're 11 mm-hmm. seconds faster a lap than when he was here. On a road course, 11 seconds is huge. Huge. So I think just like with any form of motorsports, that window 
has gone from this big and it has slowly shrunk down to where even though you might be incredible at different disciplines of racing, if you're not doing that particular type of discipline normally, you're going to struggle. I mean, there's, but I think Jimmy should be commended. I think Hendrick Motorsports should be commended for lending the support over that they did that really they didn't have to at this point. Um, Ally being a champ and jumping on board saying, you know what, Jimmy, if you want to do it, we'll make it happen. The the team that literally fielded a second car that they really probably didn't have the resources to field for him. Um, I think everybody that's on that effort should be commended. And it would not surprise me one bit next year if he doesn't run it again, but he runs it with Ganassi um, being one mm-hmm. of their drivers now. And I think him being in the IndyCar is going to make it much easier on him to run that style of racing. Uh, he's been behind the eight ball with Indy at this point. He was a little bit behind the eight ball for the, the 24 hour race, but I think that the 24 hour race is going to help the Indy car program. And as he gets better in the Indy car program, I think it's only going to help the 24 if he decides to come back and do the Rolex again. What's great about Jimmy Johnson's situation is he's at the point in his life where he doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. He can go out there and run whatever he wants to run. And guess what? I'm going to probably tune in to watch it. That I agree with that completely. Jimmy Johnson has not, nothing else to prove to anybody. He's doing it to prove it to himself. That, that That's the only thing. It's just Jimmy wanting to do what Jimmy wants to see. What, what can, you know, Jimmy's looking at what else can I do? How how good can I get at something else now? I've done this enough. And the the other thing, the only complaint I really have about the twenty four, and I and I'm not doing this to bash the driver. It's the network coverage from the news the news media outlets to NBC to everybody. The insane amount of coverage because Chase Elliott was racing. And I saw the same thing with Chili Bowl. And it's nothing against Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott's a hell of a kid. He's an amazing driver. He's a NASCAR champion. He, he's one of the best road course, race, road course racers NASCAR has ever seen. And the, the thing I had was like, why? You know, there's so many other amazing drivers that are better. Just because it's his first time, you're like making this hum, like humongous ordeal that you're taking the focus off of the people that you should be focusing on, such as Jimmy Johnson stepping in for the first time. You're not even, there was never the same amount of coverage for Jimmy that there was for Chase. And again, I'm not trying to bash any of the drivers. My focus is on the network. You're not talking about Scott Dixon racing. You're not talking about, you know, the the Jordan family. You're not talking about the 24-hour people, the people that make the 24-hour. You're talking about a one or like one guy that's supposed to like make this whole ordeal thing. And the same thing happened with Chili Bowl. You have Christopher Bell, you have Kyle Larson, but you made this whole big thing because Chase Elliott showed up. Like I get the po- the media power of Chase Elliott now, but why are you doing that to him? Three, three words. Most popular. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying it makes it right. You know, and I'm a Chase Elliott fan. I'm getting the coat. 
It's on order. It's on its way. I'm getting the die cast from Phoenix. It's ordered. It's on the way. I'm going to have to wait eight months for the some bitch, but it'll be here. <laughs> um, is that a lot of pressure? Absolutely. Is it fair to put Chase Elliott under that pressure? No. But ask Dale Jr. if it was fair for him. And anytime Dale Jr. stepped into anything, it was money. People talked about it. It did not matter what it was. And the way he was thrown in to that position was even worse, which, you know, that that's to me, that's the darkest day in NASCAR as a, as a sport. But the way he oh, was yeah. thrown into that position was horrible to begin with. Then he's given the huge responsibility of carrying that and carried it for 15 years. Um, was it fair for him? No. Is no, it, it was it, not fair it, for him. No. It, is it fair for Chase Elliott? No. But it, it's it's the way that it is. I agree with you. There really was no discussion about Scott Dixon, who is legitimately probably one of the three greatest IndyCar drivers to ever sit in the seat of an IndyCar. Um, you know, you've got guys like um, you got guys like Alexander Rossi, who um, has very limited sports car experience that was getting behind the wheel. Uh, you have Jimmy Johnson, who this was actually his second attempt at the Rolex, okay. to my knowledge. He's never won it, and that's why he wanted to do it. He wants he wants to kind of go in one of them Jeff Gordon tie in the record book type things. Is okay, if Jeff can do it, I got to come out here and I got to try and do it. You know, like, and there's right. nothing wrong with that at, whatsoever. You know, like, like, you know, but uh, no, they, they really, they did talk about it, but they didn't. And, you know, the only time that it really got covered is once Chase got to a point where they were knocked out of the race. And, like, really, there's nothing to discuss. So, okay, now we can shift our focus. But, and that was um, the thing. Like, I, I get the idea, like, he, you know, most popular driver, but I expect NASCAR, when NASCAR's on TV, to cover Chase more because he's NASCAR's most popular driver and he's a champion. I'm okay with that. I totally get that. But I'm watching a different discipline of racing, a totally different discipline of racing. And, I, you know, yeah, they're going to have crossover stars. We got crossover guys that come to NASCAR. But don't make that your primary focus. Make the guys that are made, that are running these series, that have set these series up, Wayne Taylor Racing, for example, why aren't you talking about that more? I want to know about those guys. I want to see more of that because when people watch the Daytona 500 that aren't race fans or casual race fans, they want to know the big stars. That's what they're concerned about. They don't want to know that Scott Dixon jumped in a car and is going to run the Daytona 500 this year. Who the hell is Scott Dixon? I don't remember him from last year's Daytona 500. And that's how I kind of felt in the same situation of I'm watching a different discipline of racing. Focus on the stars of that discipline. Focus make on me, the, the yeah. Yeah. Make, yeah, build make, that yeah. make me want to turn tune in to see another sports car race. Make me exactly. want to go, you know what? Hey, you know what 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 else can they offer there? You know what I mean? And right. so I, I definitely get what you're saying. 
Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Chase. And I think Chase, I think Chase handled the media sensation of him better than most other people ever would. Uh, I mean, he kind of just let it roll off his shoulders and handle it like anything else. But I would, that was the only thing that I, I really had to complain about. Like I wanted you to focus on the, the sports car racing and the sports car racing world more than, Oh, Hey, look, we got a NASCAR driver here. How cool. Like, I, I know he's there. Everybody knows he's there. Like, why do you keep, you know, don't, don't beat the dead horse. The the horse deserves to just be let alone. So, so Final thoughts. I mean, it, it's been kind of funny. Like last year, people can go back in, in our archives and listen. We did a special bonus episode similar to this. We did a before and after perspective with the Indy 500. And I, if I remember correctly, you hadn't really watched too much of the Indy 500 prior, you know, to that. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking you, like, you know, now that you had watched a different discipline, what you thought. So I'm going to ask you again, now that you've watched yet another discipline um what what were your thoughts um as far as sports car racing and other than the rolex would you turn it on uh yeah actually i would i i've watched the, this is the third rolex i've watched um and i i never really deep dive into it until this time and, and doing so that's why i was kind of upset with the media coverage stuff because i wanted to learn some more background of it and deep dive a little bit more to become more than just an you know a rolex fan for sports car racing and i would definitely watch it more i, I think it's unique having multiple styles of cars on the track at the same time yeah. uh i i think it's unique in that it's a timed race instead of a a, a distance race and that makes it a little more unique because of the the strategy that has to go in it uh, learning more about the pit stops and how those operate this this time. Um, I have a bigger respect for it and how it operates. And yeah, I, I want to watch more of it. It makes me want to watch more of it. The more that I have to, I have to do the research instead of the media bringing it to me, which I, that's, like I said, that's a whole other that's, that's problem. That's the thumbs down with it is, is that. Yeah. It's like, um, I want, but I think if, if I start to watch, because they're, um, they're going to Road America, or I think there's one of their next races. Sebring next is next. Coming up. Sebring is next. Sebring, that's Sebring, it. And Sebring is one of my favorite tracks just because it's legitimately an old Air Force base. And so, like, it's got the bumps from the old Parmax and that. Like, if you ever, I don't know if back in the day, you know, um, if you'd ever gone up to Burke Airport, up in Cleveland when they used to do the champ car races, which was mm-hmm. IndyCar just on the road courses. Um, I'd went and seen a champ car race up there. And to watch them guys go screaming down the tarmacs is just absolutely insane. And Sebring is so bumpy and nasty that, like, you just watch the cars just, you know, we all think that um, Arlington is bad with bumps and, Everything else, you ain't seen nothing till you watch a race at Sebring. It's it's ugly. It's I'll have nasty. To put that on my calendar now. I have to make sure I record that because that, yeah. that I would like to see more sports car racing of it. And I'm I'm hoping media coverage wise, since it's not you know not a lot of other guys coming in outside this outside that discipline of racing, it'll give me a chance to deep dive more and learn more of it. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I want to kind of head with that. Well, I, I enjoyed it. I was bummed I did not get to watch more, you know, this year. But, um, you know, anytime I had the opportunity to turn turn it on, I would turn it on. Uh, generally for me, and this is just me, 
I can watch about an hour of sports car racing at a time before I'm like, eh, okay. You know, like, like I've watched the stint, you know, I'll come back and check this out, you know, a couple hours from now for me to sit there and watch it. Like I do within a NASCAR race. The story is very long. It's like, you know, you've got like with NASCAR, you've got like a, you know, short, you know, graphic novel novel comic book series like the walking dead you know the short stories and then with you know a sports car race some of those races like the rolex 24 it's like war and peace you know i mean yeah. it, it's just it's like a stephen king book right it's like extremely long and not that i don't enjoy it but it's like eh. so but i'm glad that you enjoyed it and uh, i enjoyed what i got to see out of it uh so this is going to be our wrap up here for uh, just what our thoughts were of the Rolex 24 special edition episode brought to you by nobody because we ain't good enough to be sponsored by anyone dot com. And uh, join us next time. Yeah. Join us next time as we continue to roll on here through the regular bunch of our content, which is NASCAR offseason uh, stuff. We're getting close, man. We're getting close. Couple more days, man. I cannot wait. Daytona, baby. So we will see you guys next time when we take you too wide. <laughs>